0: I'm feeling so underdressed. We've never had anybody dressed this well. <laughs> I, was, I had to say, like, can you warn them that I'm turning up really overdressed? This is not how I normally rock up to podcasts. No, it's good because it goes with your whole persona. It looks
1: good. You should rock up like that at a podcast. Quite right. In fact, we should demand, we should put a dress code. <laughs> <Yeah>. dress code. <laughs> a dress code. Podcast. Smart
2: casual. Feathers optional, <laughs> but probably a must.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just put the most ridiculous dress code. Um, <laughs> we ready? We rolling? <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Ori and alongside me is Pippa Sturt. Hi Andy. Hello, Pippa. And we are joined by Victoria Jenkins. Victoria is an award-winning adaptive fashion designer, disability advocate, speaker, and author. Victoria has worked as a garment technologist in the fashion industry for 16 years and became disabled in her mid-twenties with a variety of gastrointestinal and musculoskeletal conditions, which led to her founding Unhidden, a socially responsible, universally designed fashion range for disabled and non-disabled people. And
0: it's dis- Disable the correct term these days? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. still,
1: that's acceptable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: well, it's, that's a, the problem is disabled is not a bad word. It's an identifier. It's the same as saying someone's got brown hair or blue yeah. eyes. Like, yeah. But I think it's the connotation. People assume we don't want to be called that. But it's, okay. just, it's just a description like LGBTQ.
1: Unhidden is the first brand of its kind to join the British Fashion Council. Yep. This is all very impressive. Victoria, thanks. welcome to the podcast.
0: Hello, thanks for having me. I don't know
1: where to start with that, that intro. I feel our standard question may be uh, the wrong place to go, but let's go with it anyway. What is keeping you up at night?
0: Oh, sales.
1: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> sales and representation, probably. Those are the two things
1: representation means
0: of my community
1: and your disability is
0: well it's a bit complex yeah yeah so I essentially I had an undiagnosed ulcer that burst in 2012 Ow. yes that that's gonna hurt really quite painful um had life-saving surgery and then after that they sort of doctors took me a bit more seriously and then I was diagnosed with all sorts of other things bits of me removed and rewired over time
1: bits of your intestinal system
0: yeah or- so my stomach's paralyzed so they created a second exit in my stomach and reconnected a different bit of my intestine okay so my intestine has to do the job of my stomach oh wow
1: but that's not musculoskeletal no
0: so that when i took my gallbladder out that triggered an autoimmune response but that's gastrointestinal yeah presumably. yeah but the the because they pull it out because they do a keyhole and it go out through your ribs it triggered a oh. yeah it's gross so now i ha- also if i have like a if i get knocked then my sort of my skeletal
1: overreacts yeah so and you like get a it sort of arthritis almost yes yeah an inflammation yeah. So like
0: costochondritis is the closest thing to it you know like you get that if you throw up loads or you laugh too much mm. you can get that sort of an inflammation it's like that so do you have to be really careful about what you eat yes i mean p- beige liquid is generally the safest but the diet i'm meant to follow for my stomach is the exact opposite of what my diseased intestine because that's also not quite right they're kind of polar opposites
1: Beige isn't the colour of food like Michael Jackson wanted white food. This is <laughs> this is bananas, eggs. Is it? What
0: yeah, is... quite a lot of potato. When they did my stomach rewiring, <laughs> it's a bit gross, but I, I did have chicken, fried chicken the night before. But because of my Digestion system is so slow, 14 hours later, they actually had to pull out my dinner from the night before. Oh
2: my god. Okay. (laughs) Because it was
0: still there, and they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) We know what you (laughs) have for dinner. (laughs) So anyway, tell us about Unhidden. Yeah, so Unhidden came about. I was in hospital in 2016, one of many stays. Um, but somebody else on the ward had cancer and she had two stomas. So, like when they put your intestine through your stomach wall. And a line in her arm, and she was there to get one in her chest. And she was wearing, you know, a jogging bottom and t shirt. And she couldn't, she was like, you know, I can't, this isn't how I want to dress here. It's not how I want to dress at home. It's not how I want to dress at work yeah. or, you know, going out and seeing friends. How old was she? Quite young? Uh, she was in her 40s. Okay. Quite young then? No, yeah, because all <laughs> I want to do is wear jogging bottoms. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's it's that, not having, the, not having the choice. And also she couldn't, you know, she had to be able to access various bits of her. So for that reason, it was easier. And like having a waist can catch on things and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's really obvious. And, uh, you know, got pulled my laptop out because I was working from my hospital bed, as a lot of chronic sick people have to. And sort of had a little Google and all I could find was very medical, very aimed sort of from the carer's perspective for a patient who was elderly so yeah it just wasn't very inspiring and I thought well you know sort of the idea just sort of stayed with me and I thought well let's see if I can use everything that I've learned because I work predominantly in how clothes are constructed let's see if I can have a go and registered it in 2017 but we didn't launch for trading until 2020 like the first photo shoot wasn't until that two-week window in September before Christmas I had the first ever photo shoot and what what are the clothes like if you could describe them, the kind of general feel. So the first the first 10 pieces, it was more about like formal wear rather than um, really athleisure because by its nature, it yeah. tends to be more accessible. So we had seated trousers, so they're designed for wheelchair users, so they're longer at the back they're actually shaped for a seated position so the excess is removed behind your knee front of the hip there's no extra seams on the back there's no pockets on the back because you wouldn't be using them and there's different ways of getting in and out of them isn't
1: it mind blowing and with respect this is a novel idea yeah I find it so
0: strange it makes so much sense though yeah I mean Unhidden isn't the first I think um, there's been other brands going a lot longer Tommy Hilfiger like launched in 2017 didn't tell anyone about it but they still do it and they are expanding the range but yeah, like, it is it is quite impressive we haven't. But I think that's testament to, like, disability is still the last taboo. So until we're sort of represented, people just don't think about no, it. No,
1: but, you know, I find taboos really interesting. So it, it, there is something that's shifted in the last 20 years about disability. They're appearing in films and TV shows all the time. There's always someone rolling on the screen now and stuff, which is good. Yeah, you know? but the
0: thing is, it's it's one in four people in the have UK. Have a disability.
1: Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I find stats like that really, really those are really dangerous. Hang on, are we counting the dyslexics like me or something? You know, one in four is insane.
0: No, actually, I don't even think that's accurate because we don't have enough data on disability so we don't collect it everywhere that we should what so we is don't... a
1: disability then give me what
0: well, it's, the bar it's anything is. that negatively impacts your quality of life for the rest of your life some of it is mental health related but like as a as an as another step if we were going to look at it from a purely physical point of view seven percent of disabled people are wheelchair users they do not make up the majority of disability but it is the only type that people understand yeah i mean my
2: my third niece down is technically disabled because she's under five foot
0: Yep, short stature. But like I said, we don't collect data enough and not everybody even identifies with disability. You think about how we speak about cancer patients, you don't see very many people with cancer referring to themselves as disabled. No. But you also, it's very unlikely you can have a life-threatening illness and walk away with it with nothing else for the rest of your life. So most of them, even though they don't use that word, they are technically in the community. Because they describe themselves as ill. Yeah, and then there's temporary disabilities, like you break an arm, break a leg... You're recovering from, you know, you've just had a baby, but you've got had a cesarean. Yeah. Not, you can't wear all of your wardrobe. You can't do all of your wardrobe up, or if you've got a newborn baby, there's lots of different ways where adaptive clothing adaptive. helps. I think people need to realise how many of us there are. And, you know, like myself, 80% of us acquire our disability, so we're not born with it. So, I mean, a lot of people in the community actually refer to non-disabled people. I like to say non-disabled, but some people actually start saying now pre-disabled. Because wow. if you if you have the privilege of reaching an older age, very likely that you will have some mobility related needs that might then impact your ability to dress yourself or others.
1: Okay. So let's let's keep going down this road because I find it very interesting. You feel that we need to recognise that there is a bigger community of disabled people. I mean yes. you're saying massive community of disabled people. When yeah. you think that people don't understand that there's a lot of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now we're sort of saying it's more than a community. It's like it's like it's like saying who's young and who's old.
0: Yeah. it's the world's largest marginalized group?
1: Marginalized meaning that it's disrespected.
0: Yeah. So i we we're, we're not treated the same as non-disabled people. Cut out and things yeah. basically. Yeah.
1: Let's take your disability in yeah. your life mm-hmm. in a in a perfect world how should society be treating you differently or helping you?
0: Well, i mean I, I do get help now. I've got an access to work grant so through that i've got a pa who helps um cuz i can't carry and lift heavy things but obviously i've quite a physical if we're on a photo shoot, we've got to take samples to and from the office, and runway shows are quite a lot of work. So it's having somebody else to do those things. I am also waiting for a mobility scooter because I can't walk and stand for a long periods of time without pain. And um, because getting a pain doctor to actually help you manage your pain properly...
1: It's complicated.
0: Well, it, they just don't. They offer you CBT therapy, which is... I can talk about how much pain I'm in, but I don't see how that's going to take it away. So, no. kind of useless. Um, but I also don't want to be so heavily medicated that I can't function. You know, obviously, I've got to have my brain working rather than being a zombie. Let's come back
1: to pain, because that's a really complicated subject. It is because very hard. actually, there's very few ways to deal with pain. And it's yeah. basically opioids, marijuana. Yeah, you know, it's like, or
0: just crack on and crack on. use mobility aids.
1: Yeah, but you, but in your example, you have got a PA assistant, mm-hmm. you have got a mobility aid. So to me, you are marginalised, but there is support coming. It yeah. might be slow and ineffective. And weirdly, I just saw my wife. She's at Fox Court today, which is where they decide a lot of this stuff. You know, where they it's the final appeal for like I need help. They're not helping me. And uh, she's not a judge. She's a doctor. So she just sits. With, so it's a sort of subject that comes up in the right. house, but. You know, surely you've been recognized that you're getting this mobile help, which is assessed by a doctor, who then it's some slow ass shit process, I'm sure. Slow ass process. It's very slow. Yeah. But ultimately, if you've got your mobility scooter and your PA, do you think then you're being recognized and non-marginalized do you think it's you know people in the street in need to areas, not... I think,
0: yeah I think it is people in the streets. still I mean as an example you know when I was pitching for investors if I took my stick and actually when I go on panel talks if I take my stick I'm treated very differently to if I don't take my stick so I stopped taking it to some I actually was sat on a panel with all the other panelists and someone leaned forward and said I think um, that's for the speakers and I was like no I am one Okay, no. They really, And yeah, I mean it wasn't a fashion crowd. She felt very embarrassed when I then sat there and explained who I am and what I do. Um but yeah, it does it does But happen. this happens
1: to all of us. We all we all have moments in life where people knock us back in line. And then if you've got a disability or yeah. you know, it's like people who attach it to their situation. But but you see you want people to recognise it, but actually don't everyone want to be treated normally. Isn't half the thing with disability? You know, I've I've seen that, you know, whether I've seen it on TV or you know, it's like don't stare at me and run away like a weirdo talk mm. to me oh well, yeah
0: like but I'm, well not with the government's last like don't ask assume or whatever it was it's like no we don't want to be asked constantly by complete strangers our medical what was, history what was
1: the last government it was thing?
0: like don't i think it was ask don't, don't assume. assume or yeah, something yeah. like that and everyone was like oh, god we don't need to be asked you know and like you said like i shouldn't have to give my medical history to explain my dis i should just be able to say i'm disabled we move on
1: so let's talk about your business within this world. Mm. You're making clothes. Yes. So you're, by its very nature, you're focused on people with physical disabilities. Can I make that step?
0: And um, sensory considerations. Sensory they considerations. They do come in as well,
1: yeah. Sort of the ADHD, autism, neurodiverse.
0: All, yeah, all of those.
1: Okay. Great. Okay, I'm ticking a few boxes. And then
0: there's, I mean, there's menopause as well. There's people uh, who've gone to through- tick a box. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you must have multiple things wrong with you, pippa
0: oh, that's right. <laughs> Charming.
2: Well, most of them are mental, so it's not a problem. No, but there's weird stuff. Like, for example, my mum. Take my mum, who can't walk very far. Right. Mm. She is disabled in Windsor and Maidenhead. She is not disabled in Wiltshire. Wow. Because so she could get a disabled parking thing in Windsor. Yeah. Because she can't walk by no far. In Wiltshire, you have to literally not be able to walk from the curb to your door. Wow. To get the disabled parking permit. It's ridiculous. Most
1: of these rules are national, so no, they're they different take little in views. every council. Oh, wow, councils. Okay. okay, so we're making clothes. So then the, then the question hits me is like, there's a million disabilities. So how do I design clothes for every situation?
0: Well, I mean, some of it this is there's so there's differences. I say adaptive is where it's very specific to one disability and not everybody could wear it. So the seated designs I generally call adaptive. And short stature can't be worn by everyone above a certain height. So again, adaptive. But universal is things where I built things in that anyone needs. So the shirts or there there's no buttons on anything. So you just like very much like stripper clothing, as people would refer to. You Yay. can undo them, but you can also do them up one-handed. They have openings in the arms, so if you're going through treatment, you can access your arm without taking your clothes off. So there is a dignity thing in there as well. All of the pockets have buttonhole openings that you can feed tubes through. I think
1: through. The ADHDs might like that as well, you know.
2: The number of times I've been to the doctor and realised that they want to take my blood pressure and I'm wearing a tight sleeve top and you yeah. have to take your entire top off. Oh, I hate that, yeah. It's,
0: you know... So that would work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Um yeah. And then you know with the stoma access again that a lot of it came back so what to So stoma t- access. So stoma so on the dresses there are hidden openings so you can empty your stoma without having to take your whole dress off. That's amazing. Stoma
1: is a colostomy bag. Yeah. Okay. You know, the fashion industry is slightly full of beautiful people, is it?
0: It depends on your definition of beautiful. I think the, the reason the fashion industry, one, you know, it is based on aesthetics. And I think there is an assumption that if you're disabled, you're ugly. I think like if you just yeah. put it that bluntly, I think there is that. But also, we segregate disabled children. So if you go to school, how are you going to get, if you don't go to school, or the same schools, how are you going to then be able to go to design school? Are the design universities and colleges accessible? Invariably not. And Mm. if you put the word disabled on your CV, would somebody in fashion hire you? I know damn well if I'd put disabled instead of chronic sick on my CV, I wouldn't have worked at any of the places I worked. I'm surprised they hired you with chronic sick. Same, frankly. But I just had to say, it's managed, don't worry, it's not a problem. But also I was good at my job and I had a very good CV behind me, which is why I sort of managed it.
1: Okay, so how is it going?
0: It's going good. It's good. Um, yeah, there's some really exciting things that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Do they,
1: do they find? Do the, do the customers because find no, you? No, well,
0: so not so much. So the other the other problem is advertising. So one, I haven't had the money to like run adverts and so on. But if we try and run an advert through Meta. They they made the disabled community a protected characteristic in January 2022. Wow, does that mean? It means you can't target them for marketing.
1: Oh, for God's sake. Which
0: is super helpful for me. So mm-hmm. you have why, to look at things. Why would they do that? What's well, so logic? I understand their logic was to stop people selling dangerous or fake medical cures or aids via meta. So I completely understand the, so the logic. So I get that with kids and I get
2: that with people that, for whatever
0: reason, can't make their own decisions.
2: But why shouldn't you'd be sold all kinds of crap if you're in a wheelchair.
1: You're desperate and you'll buy any old crap, but the placebo effects are effective. I mean, I brought some crap, you know.
0: I mean, I wish so many of these fake things would work. I've tried them all. Yeah, Please, yeah. I know you won't, but please work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that makes it very difficult. So there's no point in us running ads because okay. it's too broad. But the other problem is if we do run an ad and we have someone with a visible disability, so either with a prosthetic or a feeding tube or in a wheelchair, they ban it. Because they they flag it as they think we're trying to sell a medical device when we're not. So then I have to appeal it and say nope, we're selling clothes. And they're like, oh yeah, fair enough, off you go. But if that happens too many times, they could ban your account, flag account. And it's happened to adaptive brands in the states. So it's something we don't really risk. So we don't run ads because that would be a pain to keep going through. And we because we can't sort of really target. Like we can only find our customers by saying, you know, do you have cancer? So do they follow cancer charities? Or are they into the Paralympics, but not every disabled person likes the Paralympics. So it's really hard to sort of nail down into your niche if you have to go around the houses to find them. You're almost
2: forced to go back to traditional forms of advertising that just aren't that successful anymore, like print advertising or TV adverts or things that aren't through the internet when the internet is all anybody looks at anymore.
1: To be fair, Meta or Google are a nightmare to get any advert approved. It may surprise you to learn that this podcast struggles <laughs> to get any... You, you can't possibly guess why. But also, I've been involved a lot in music, and every time you mm. do Jamaicans, they say it's not English. Oh, wow. And they've got and I've had the most amusing conversations with, frankly, and people generally on the phone in India, and they're saying, well, it's Jamaican English, you know. And I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but we've had things banned and whatever, and you're like... So it, I think the, the, the world of... Meta and stuff is a nightmare, even if you're trying to do something even vaguely normal. But, it is. But what you're what you're describing is is like insane.
0: Yeah. So like we can't use the language you want. We can't be accessible. It reduces our reach. We can't use the adverts because of that. So it's kind of like, well, that's not a level playing field. For Everyone me. could
1: go online and advertise get rich quick schemes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've said so many interesting things. It's like, disabled people are considered less attractive well that's probably about um perception is based on on, on how much exposure we have to something yeah, and then which even. is
0: like i think they, uh, they are updating the the stats i know all the stats because i wrote a book about it so that's oh, well, why i try cool. to remember all of it so i think um dis- disability makes up 0.02% of advertising like that's how often we're shown in advertising Ah,
1: how much they appear that's that has changed radically it has it in the has which is amazing yeah
2: it has. It really has. No, but just think how, how revolutionary it was. This probably will mean nothing to you. But think how revolutionary it was when Dove showed fat women. Yeah, exactly. Right? And that was like a...
1: That w- means nothing to me. No, no, that, I, you
0: knew, know, no I knew... No, it does. Why would
1: well, well, it did not mean anything well, to me? D- it was revolutionary. I would you the No, no, I'm joking. But I, I, well, you know. Order. Order. The Honourable Gentleman has got to learn the art of Patience.
2: I just wouldn't have thought that you'd have necessarily looked to the adverts because oh, it's not I, I an advert for you. Because
1: it was, you know, it was like, oh wow, and and there is a counter to this that Bill Burr was very funny about in terms of films that you know, do you, you know, but it was, he, and it still happens, the sort of, you know, the the plus size lady and the changing the perceptions. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Let's also imagine, like as a child, if you've never seen your, you know, you never saw people in wheelchairs, like growing up then you, you feel very othered anyway. But, you know, now imagine there's all these amazing people and many of them advocates that I know. And now they have children that can see them going out and just either just having a normal job, but also advocating for it on social media. But even the fact that they're being shown on social media is something very different that they never had. it. it just makes you feel a bit more included, you know.
1: On a base level is that... It's it's like we don't know what to say. It's it's just like, okay, you know, someone's dying of cancer. Nobody knows what to say. Everyone says the wrong thing. People don't know whether to talk about it or not talk about it. And they send sure. texts to you know, people, you know, because my sister just went through this passing, and passed. Like, and she would be getting texts in the supermarket. Oh, you know, I'm just thinking of you and I hope you're okay. No, I'm not fucking okay. I've got terminal cancer. Stop reminding me. But no, it's disabled people. I always feel like I don't know what to do. Like yeah. I don't know whether and I'm no supposed to because I can't answer, help but notice we're all different. you can't you can't help but notice you I would struggle to point out but you know mm. someone's you know you can't help I mean you can't not notice everyone's staring at them. Yeah. So it's an educational thing and it sounds like the government got it wrong. They they're not easy answers because people want to be treated differently. Well,
0: I think yes, that is true. I think also it would help if we had actual disabled people in the disability minister roles in government at the moment. I think there's three disabled MPs out of all yeah. of them. It's not very many. So the UN did a, a review of disability rights and disability lives in the UK and how well our government has done since 2016. And it was in Geneva earlier this year. Not only did our disability minister not go, uh, but things have got worse. Like wow. drastically, everything that they set out, they've made things worse.
1: You make a really good point. Why aren't those people disabled? It should be a requirement. Do you need of lived the experience.
0: Job. It's like because if you're not disabled, like you can't. You know, I can't speak for every single disabled person. By the way, like there's a no, you know, there's a lot no. of us. But, you know, our government needs to have people who have that experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lived experience is really important. And I mean, you know, it's just in, in, incalculable that someone would take, take advice from someone who doesn't know what the hell it's really. So the, I saw one recently, which is they were, there's this huge thing kicking off because it affected one of my friends. It's a therapist saying, wow, that therapist has got all these problems and they've had all these. It's like, good like, I don't want to go to a therapist that hasn't had drug <laughs> problems and mental problems and has got ADHD and got this and got that because that's the whole fucking
2: point. Anybody it. that trains as a psychiatrist has to go through therapy themselves. Yes, I think they do. Quite,
0: it's quite good. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm there a bit, yeah, it would be helpful. There is an account on X called The Disabled Doctor and they're trying to start their own GP practice where everybody is disabled. So the nurses, the receptionists, the pharmacologists, everybody is. And I was like, I would literally move to wherever that practice is to have a better experience going through the wow. medical system. I was like, I think the whole, <laughs> like wherever it is, we're all just, it will be Mecca for us, you know, like we will all go there.
1: What I wanted to get to is you, you mentioned the Paralympics and mm. you think to yourself, Christ, if, if, if that's not a good idea, then I don't know what it is. What are the do's and don'ts, okay? Whether that be in business or, you know, if you can give, you know, give people some guidance about what we should or shouldn't be doing. Well,
0: the the issue with the Paralympics, and is mostly this the superhuman idea. So the idea that you can overcome your disability. Some people can't. And also, the you know, there has to be an acknowledgement that to be a Paralympian, you inherently have to be wealthy most of the time because the, the, tr- the equipment to train with costs three times as much. The trainers, there's less of them. So it's a, it's a lot harder to become a Paralympian. But also there are so many conditions where you can't be one. So like not every wheelchair user can become a wheelchair rugby player for example. So it's just that kind of, because people only see us in the context of you're either a Paralympian or... I don't think people see it like that. But it is, it is it is quite that way, I would say. It's also saying that we're super, so like trying to say it is a better thing, it kind of just undermines that it's not everyone's experience. Like I still love the Paralympics. I think they're amazing. I
1: don't. Oh, do you take the view from them that, 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 that it's saying they're superhuman? I think maybe some of the choice of words of presenters or there's is just naive. a lot of
0: inspiration porn around it. That's the problem with the Paralympics. Yeah, it
1: is inspiring, though. Someone o- overcoming any obstacle. We can't run away from it.
0: Yeah, and
2: actually, I suppose the point is that what people are, are finding inspiring, whether you're is is kind of the same thing. Whether you're a Paralympian or an Olympian, is that you're really good at a
0: sport. Yeah.
1: Overcoming adversity is the number one engaged story for a human it's the basis of every film everything you've ever seen is is about over overcoming adversity yeah. and it does help people live better lives and I think I think it's a really complicated thing to be like
0: but for the people that like they're never gonna get better yeah. they're like and they're having a terrible life and like they don't have any help from the government from their friends they might even not have any friends because wait, wait, they're wait, so let's unpack
1: let's unpack that slowly the government needs to do better yeah better, better sorry yeah. better god that's just outrageous the language on this thing <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But let's put that on one side. You know, somehow you want to raise disability; wants to be raised as a thing. There are only certain ways you do that. And if we're going to end up in a world whereby raising it and getting it slightly naively wrong, and we will develop, and
0: that's fine. But I think there still has to be this, and it is really nuanced and it's really hard. And I'm not saying I have the solution, but it kind of it makes the people that are not going to get better that live in constant pain or constantly unwell like Paralympics don't help them at all and how people talk about disability and they don't they almost can't identify with that because that's not their experience. I think maybe there's
1: what you're trying to get to as well is we want to live in a world where we recognize that some people have some disabilities and they require additional help and yeah. it's not a burden it's a pleasure it's love. Exactly. And there's so many people out there full of love, you know, who would just do yeah, anything but for you people.
0: You know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I just don't think we're at that point. We're not we're not at that but, point. But uh, yeah.
2: I mean when you're living in a country where frankly the hostile environment is being spread out to all these different things like you know if you're disabled you have to be able to prove that you have a severe enough disability that you can't work or you don't get
0: yeah every 18 months which bearing in mind like I know you know double amputees I mean their legs aren't going to grow back so they're not you know that's not going to change but yeah there's there's so many I mean yeah it's a pretty scary time.
1: Unfortunately, you blame the government, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, we're living in, a, not in London, but we're living in a country now. I mean, okay, so we do video games tax credit and film tax credits. And when you do that, you have to go to the BFI, the British Film Institute, and you get points for Britishness, which, and they're not just, do you put a red, red post box and a red double-decker bus in your film or whatever. It's, it's they're supposed to be diversity, inclusion. So I had an amusing meeting this week when I was like, how about uh, anti-immigration? Uh, anti, you know, is that is that now a British value? Because that seems yeah, to be what I... Apparently it is, yeah. And and, and you, you would blame the government. I would blame the country. Because they're feeding to a group of people which is 55% of the country. It's
2: not
0: 55. Fuck off, it is I can is tell not. you,
1: for a fact, 55% of the countries think we're too soft on the people coming over from uh, on the channel. In but that's boats. because
0: they are believing what the media says and who's telling yeah. the media how, how and what to say. And that is government but this narrative around disability and benefit fraud like benefit fraud within the context of disability makes up like the in terms of like fraudulent cases again it's like 0.2% of cases are fraudulent I actually hands on heart if you can manage to get a disability benefit through this government and it's false I think you deserve a freaking medal because it's that difficult to get it that if you can convince them well done. Thanks. Like, it's that hard. But instead, we're like, no, we just won't give you benefits. We're going to make you feel like you're the problem. There's an appeal system that we already know is broken. We're going to make it really, really stressful. And we're going to make the process take forever as well. Um, then we also will means test it potentially and all the rest of it.
1: But I have to pull it back because, the like, the media right, they feed us what sells. And there might be a bit of influence but going if they,
0: on. But you know if they didn't do that? What well, if they I, didn't I'm, I'm do that? I'm about to
1: extend to, to, to... I've been having this thought for weeks. I'm completely with you. But I think media, the media needs to be regulated yes. to find a middle ground and to bring people together. Yes. So we had a very good example, which you... Which is a very silly example. I'm going to get his name wrong. You're going to get upset. Richie Sunak banging a hammer using oh, the side Oh, that was of
0: hysterical. It. But it turns out he was told to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm sitting with my good friend Chris from Wales... He's does this in this podcast big up christopher reese but he was saying to me i you know it made him angry because he'd read it in the media now i think that's a very simple example of when a media the mainstream media has a duty to not inflame shit and not just say because you've now lots of people will not find out that it's fake yeah so it's a tiny little i'm not defending i'm just saying it's a tiny little bit of clickbait Mm. everyone loved it everyone gets angry and i swear to god this it's
0: it's, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge I'm with you 100%. Piece, I yeah. think
1: we should start saying the media has the power to divide us, it has the power to ruin the whole world. And they say they do it because that's what sells and that's what we want. I think we have to regulate it.
0: Yeah, like, no, don't sell us that because look at what's happening. It's awful. What is your biggest fuck-up to date? Oh, biggest fuck-up to date. Uh, hiring a marketing agency that wasn't trained in DEI, I think that was probably the most expensive. What's lesson. DEI? D- Diversity, equality, and inclusion. Oh right. So okay, they, yeah, you know, they know didn't they didn't know the language, don't know the nuance, haven't worked with disabled people, so there's quite a lot of language changes. So I had to, I was paying someone to create content and to put adverts out that I had to then rewrite or redo. Um, so yeah, so that was that was a bit of a hefty lesson.
1: Are the marketing agents full of disabled people?
0: Well, there are now.
1: Okay, since I set one up,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I don't. But I know the founders. Uh, we do quite a lot of us in the disabled entrepreneur space. We do all. Know is there each a community
1: other. that you like online or something? Is uh, I
0: mean, most of it's online. But I think social media. That's kind of how we all find. What each other. What would you other.
1: recommend to a disabled founder? Where where, where should they go? A
0: disabled founder. Um, yeah, what's helped you? Well, I went on. I use both Enterprise Nation. We're very good because it's a free resource and we're 50% more likely to be in poverty. So there's quite a big disparity in starting a business. Uh, Then there's Meaningful Business, which is a social impact sort of online networking company. And they'll put you in touch with, you know, you kind of do speed networking with other business founders. But you can also pitch to investors, I think, because they're based on social impact. They're more prepared to help people with disabilities. And then there's Hatch Enterprise, which is brilliant. Yeah, so there are, there are places. There's just not, you know, I think it's growing, which is great, but there's not very but you've many. you've got to search them out a bit. Yeah. And then we have a huge issue with financing and loans because a lot of people with disabilities might not have had a regular job. So how are they going to finance a company? A bank's not going to give them a loan. So Did you say you raised grant. some money? I did, yes. Yes. Um, I, it took a year. To be fair, that's not a long time to raise money. It felt like it. Pitching that for that many people over that strength of time. But, I mean, what changed it was going on Dragon's Den I got investors off the back of that pretty Did much. Did you? Do? Yeah. It aired in February. You'd recommend
1: Dragon's Den, would
2: you?
0: Yeah. It's terrifying. It was <laughs> All terrifying. my clients that have been on Dragon's Den yeah. have
2: taken the money on the night and then said no thank you. The I next mean, I day. got I got Did a full rounder
0: nose. So, so really? uh, no. I had three models that came out. Actually Deborah Mead and sister Emma is a wheelchair user, so I really hoped I was gonna get Deborah.
1: They said too small a market, too fragmented.
0: Yeah, I think well, I think also, you know, at the time I was made to order and investors Uh, don't want to invest in you to give you money to buy stock so i understand but it would have you know i mean it would have been a game changer it actually i don't know it didn't air thankfully because they're very kind but i came up before i went in i was like one day i want to be a dragon and then came out and burst into tears because i felt i'd let the community down it was a good experience uh i'm glad i did it and yeah the people that saw it disagreed with them Yeah, and they gave me quite a good, like, it was a 15-minute pitch that I had, and they were very nice. Peter Jones said it was the perfect pitch. I will take that. Mm. Um, So the pitching was good, you know, like, but the business. um, But, you know, it's it's okay. Not everyone's going to agree. I guess if you'd
2: been pitching for a year, you'd probably got it down pat.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also, you only have, for them, you have two and a half to three minutes, and you're not allowed to redo the pitch. So even if you fumble it, that's it. Whereas answering the questions, if you want to slightly change how you phrase something, you are allowed to... Ask them to go back and record it again.
1: Wait a second. You said it was a 15 minute pitch and then you said it was a three minute
0: pitch. So the initial bit when you go and you say the business, that's like two and a half minutes to three minutes. So when you're just saying to them, this is my business, this is what I'm doing. And then you go into the question bit. And I was actually there for an hour and a half talking to them for that bit. Wow. So you go off quite a, you know, there, there it was a long time.
1: Well, that's some, that's some great advice, I would say. And I would guess that the BBC is open to more disabled founders too and, and helping them out and those communities. Oh,
0: definitely. I think they're actively looking for them, I yeah. think. Yeah. The problem, again, you don't want to fall into the inspiration porn category either. Yeah. But I think there's so many things, you know, there's so many tech things and businesses and all sorts that I think we'll start seeing more and more. I mean, last year there were loads. This year there was quite a lot. I say loads in, You know, out of 20 episodes, maybe, yeah, out of a series, it might not be that many. It's certainly not one in four, you know, but (laughs) it's still still quite a lot.
1: What's the best advice you think you've received in this? Has anyone given you some really good advice?
0: I think trusting, trusting your own intuition and gut and then also asking for help or a mentor. Like having a mentor was really important. I mean, it's difficult with what I want to do. Obviously, there's not, you know, trying to get someone who's worked in fashion that can help in an entirely new category that no one's really done before to the degree that I'm trying to do it. You know, they're not necessarily the best people to help you, but, you know, they'll try. So I had, you know, people instead that were good in business or people that have done well in retail. over you know, Retail over fashion, because fashion is, you know, almost art. Uh, whereas retail is really, that's where I want to be. I want to be able to make affordable clothing for people, so...
1: Yeah, and and a lot of advice is often naturally quite negative about. Well, that oh yeah, won't there's work a lot. There's a lot of you work. can't do that. Yeah, yeah that's
0: yeah. not. Yeah, I don't even. Think, I mean, a lot of it is, I don't even think the market's big. It's not worth it. Like no one's going to want it. You're like, cool.
1: It's easier as an. You don't mean to do it, but if anyone asks your an opinion about some things, you might be positive. Like, yeah, that's great. But it's quite hard to come up with inventive ideas of mm. how you might do it. It's much easier to see the problems within it. Uh, this is a ridiculous question, but I'm curious. Did all the stuff you've gone through, did you feel a change in in how you thought and everything? Well, in what
0: your
2: psychology, you
1: mean? Yeah, uh, in your see, psychology? I um, see.
0: Yes and no. Not that I would. Not that I would notice. I think. It. I mean, well, mentally, generally, if you feel unwell, mentally, you tend to feel a bit lower. Um, I think I managed to rewire my brain almost to ignore that because if i didn't if, if i succumbed to feeling that miserable and in pain and sick every day i would not ever get out of bed so yeah it is a case of having to retrain what can i actually accomplish what can i manage so i sometimes i'll be like if i just stand up and get out of bed that's half the battle done and usually if i could get to do that then yeah i would go out
1: pain seems is somewhat actually, and pain is in, well it, the
0: nausea is pretty bad to be oh, fair oh you've
1: got a lot of nausea yeah too. have you tried i mean you know a, a, oh my god you know.
0: Have you tried? Have you seen what I just put on social media? Yeah, yeah. I've got a T-shirt that says, "Yes, I've tried yoga." Oh, right. because I've have you tried <laughs> kale, acupuncture, oh. all these extra things that are usually a lot more expensive and not accessible for everyone. Price point wise, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, I've tried. That's a really interesting exchange in that
2: most people who aren't disabled think that, or you know, you meet anybody that has an issue, a lot of people's reaction will be to try and help.
0: Yes. And it's and it's lovely and it's a nice thing, but it's, you know sometimes we're not always there as a problem. You know Sometimes you just want to moan and say, oh, I feel awful. And people are like, oh, have you tried X, Y, Z? And it's like, yes. But it also then starts to come under the unsolicited medical advice. Is- the amount of times I've had to say, do you not think after 11 years of going through all this stuff that I might know a bit more about my condition and how to treat it than you lovely person on the internet that I've just met for the first time?
1: <laughs> so do we've got one for our do's and don'ts. Although you never yeah. know in life. Well, or generally
0: know. don't suggest things. That person probably knows more about their condition.
1: But generally, than you
2: that's do. not not just applicable to disabled people. No, sometimes. You want to moan about something. Yeah. You don't want somebody to say to you, all oh, right, what you should be hang on, doing... Hang on, hang mm. on. You're
1: saying sometimes all women do this constantly, especially in the evening. And the last thing you should do, I've learned as a is 45-year-old suggest man... Suggest something is for help. sake. Just let them out. Just let it out. And as a man, especially as you're just at the end of the evening, you, say, you assume that they That, that sounds really shit. a problem. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Sometimes yeah, I just want to have a little rant.
1: I know, but this is a man-female thing. Yeah, but we, I didn't want like to, to say fix. that because
2: you, you get upset no, with is, me saying, no, but no. it is a man thing.
0: And uh, we haven't done, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? I think the worst advice was, oh, no, don't um, don't talk about disability. No one wants to hear about it. Yeah, that's not going to work for you. I was like, either. cool, um, how do you suggest I go about it? And they're like, oh, you know, just don't mention that. I mention all the other things.
2: Mention that it's Velcro
0: for stripping, not
2: Velcro <laughs> yeah. for disabled exactly like, oh, people. I'll tell you what, it's just,
0: uh, yeah, rip-off clothing. Yeah. I'm, you know, fine, um, please. And, oh, but, I, but I'm social impact too, but I'm not going to tell you how. I don't know, I feel like let it rip is quite a good slogan. Yeah, it would be
1: quite fun. It feels a little bit like, you know, disabilities, we need to be told how to feel about it by people with disabilities. A bit like, you know, as I said to a black friend about, you know, Black Lives Matter, I don't feel I can comment on it. And he says, you're right, Mm. you can't. But you're supposed to just listen. The thing is, it's very obvious if you're black or not. Mm. And what we're saying with disabilities is a thousand million types of this and all levels And and... Yeah, I have a right to tell people about tinnitus or ADHD, mm. but these are not big yeah. issues, I don't think, you know. And therefore, but at the other end of the scale, people with heavy disabilities have very complex views on it. So I think I think people should talk... The people who know what they're talking about should
2: talk mm. about it. Yeah, again, and it's the same, listen. just
0: listen. And, you know, I mean, I know... And I've just got so used to it when I get out, you know, I can see if I say I'm disabled, I can see someone's brain just going, how, why, where, where what, I can't what, see it. Yeah. And I know it doesn't matter, What the rest of half hour of what I'm saying is, that's all they're thinking about. So I have to address it early on because I'm like, otherwise they're not going to listen to a word of what I say. They also don't understand why it's relevant and why I'm talking about it. And that also will go on in their brain on a little loop. But she's not disabled, I can't see a disability, what's going on? She's fine. Yeah, she's fine, she's making it up. She's faking, God forbid. Um, so yeah, so I I don't mind doing it.
1: Well, it's like chronic fatigue syndrome, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. stuff that's completely you can't see it. Well, that's a disability. Well, isn't it, it,
0: it is. Sorry, I thought you were going to say it. it's not a thing. and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to throw things at you. Oh, right. Because <laughs> uh, that is so many people's like attitude to that. And well,
1: syndromes are hard, are, are hard ones. They are because they're always like you know, it's it's they it, are they're, they're, they're badly, but it's definitely. But you a know, thing. but you
0: can't. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, it's just I think yeah, just being open to listening and slightly changing that perception that disability. One obviously doesn't look a certain way, but it's not just wheelchair users. It's not just ramps. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com.
2: What do you think is bullshit
0: in your industry and why? The snobbery of the industry is bullshit like what goes down a the runway these you know all these people are all the same size all moody people that's not who's buying the clothes and who's wearing the clothes so i think there's this huge distance between fashion and then retail like i remember one of my tutors actually at uni saying you know, maybe one of you will be a fashion designer and some of you will work with clothes. And it was said with such disdain. Oh I was like, but I want people to wear my designs. I don't want only a small select handful of people to wear. I want everybody to wear it. Because I've designed some crazy shit. That, yeah, that like, you can't sit down in and,
2: you know, you've got to have one arm up like this. You only know. a, you know, six foot skinny girl can wear. Yeah. Okay, Victoria. This is the 10-second quickfire round. Okay. Around. Oh gosh. This is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little better, and you have about ten seconds. Okay. Words, to answer each question.
1: Antonia, cue the music, please. Question number one: What was your first job?
0: Uh, pattern cutter. Ooh. What was your worst job? Pattern cutter. No. <laughs> um, oh gosh, being a pot wash actually in a pub. Ooh, yeah. God.
1: Yeah. That sucks favourite subject at school?
0: Art. What's your special skill? Um, drawing.
1: Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: A ballerina or a designer. Hey. Then I broke my you ankle. You look like a ballerina <laughs> and you are a
1: designer.
0: <laughs> tick, tick, tick. What did your parents want you to be when you grew up? Oh gosh, I think they knew it would be creative. Probably an art teacher Something that made money it's <laughs> yes, probably an art teacher <laughs> well
1: what's your go-to karaoke song
0: uh zombie by the cranberries oh nice yes
2: i could do that one too that sounds good um okay saving his presence office dogs <coughs> business or bullshit Business.
1: Good choice. Well done. We've, he's, he's been getting a real knocky. He's knocking. been snoring
0: quite loudly. Have you heard Has it. He, he's yeah. been getting absolutely Aww.
1: smashed of late. As long as he doesn't drop a fart, we're all right. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been fired?
0: No, but made redundant, which almost feels very much the same yeah. when it's done quite quickly. If you're like pop first, and you get some money. Well, it depends on if you're like yeah. first in, last no. last in, first out territory. Stat-tree. Then it feels very much like being fired. What's your vice? Um, chocolate. <laughs> Sugar, actually sugar, I would say, because I have a really sweet tooth, sugar. Sugar,
1: very good. (laughs) What recommendations do you have to read, watch or listen to?
0: Are you a podcast person? Uh, I I am. I mean, I really like off-menu. I like funny ones. I don't necessarily want to always be learning things because I think with a lot of my job, it's a lot of absorbing information. So I just kind of want to switch off. So yeah, off-menu is one of my favourites. I do love the earlier seasons of, and apologies, guys, um, my dad wrote a porno because oh, that yeah, was just well, breathtakingly just, funny.
2: <laughs> genuinely, I've, I, I've watched some of those early ones. Yeah. Yeah. So but you good. walk
0: along the road and you're laughing out loud. It's yeah. kind of embarrassing. Yes, it's one of those. I mean, yeah, my uh, partner was driving once when we listened listening to that, and he swerved the car. I was like, no, we have to put something else on because it's too funny.
1: I think that's a good example of taboo breaking too, because it's sort of British are quite uncomfortable talking about sort of sex and your dad, sex and your
0: parents, yeah, your parents has
1: written a porno and it was just
0: oh, Belinda blinks and you yes. it just <laughs> in your head. Doesn't yeah, and it was
1: so funny about it too that she sort of come in the room, she's naked already.
0: You know yeah. like, when did that happen? the thing is the dissecting of the things, and then them trying to even say the sentence, and you could just hear them dying laughing. Such a bad writer. Oh, that's so good.
1: But it's been a huge success, the book now, of course, and because of it, it's been he's written. Book but the like book. the
2: venue that they were in would change halfway <laughs> through a scene. <laughs> <Like it> was,
1: <laughs>
2: oh God! Anyway, it was so good. Yeah, yeah. so good. okay. So very good. What are you watching at the moment? The
0: Fallen House of Usher. Oh, is it quite enjoying? Yeah, I mean, it's taken a bit of a while to. You still can't quite work out where it's going. Mm. Um, but I have. Been enjoying that, okay. i I'm enjoying, enjoying that, that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm re watching Hannibal because um, I really love the books. I did enjoy I the mean, series, it's, it's to be fair. really disturbing. Uh, like I definitely had nightmares the first time around, and I'm like, I'm gonna just do it to myself again. But Mads Milkerson's amazing, in it? Yeah, and hot, <laughs> not gonna disagree <laughs> to be honest. <laughs>
1: We'll give you 30 seconds. Do you want to tell the world, you know, the...
0: about Unhidden? Please go and look on unhiddenclothing.com, although the brand is still just called Unhidden. Don't get me started on that. Look on our Instagram, which is unhidden.uk. We will be doing something in London Fashion Week in February. Um, we will be announcing a very big retail partnership in March or April. Do keep eyes peeled. Um, and, you know, don't forget to shop for your disabled and chronic sick friends in Christmas. We've got everything in stock. Go for it.
1: Great stuff. Victoria, you've been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for uh, demystifying some of the incredibly confusing world and wicked business you've got. So thank you for coming on the show. Big up what you're doing. Thank you, Pippa. Uh, Thanks, Antonio. Thanks, Romeo. Uh, That has been this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. And we'll be back with our quiz business or bullshit on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao.